Hi, my name is Paul Grogan from Gaming Rules. You may remember me from such rulebooks as Escape Plan or such videos as How to Play Gloomhaven. Now, Jason and Joel invited me here to just say a few words about their podcast. Well, I tried listening to it once, thought it was awful, so I'd switch off now if I were you. Thanks for that, Paul, I, I guess. <laughs> Worth the board game mechanics. Uh, thanks for hanging on and listening still, I guess. Uh, I'm Joel with me as always is. Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Yeah, that intro was a little mean. Paul didn't pull any punches there, but still cool. It's all good. Yeah, no, we, I mean, it's our shtick. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just leaning into it. Yep, yep. Well, cool. Uh, today we're going to talk about some games that we got really cheaply or in deals that we really enjoyed. And uh, maybe talk about some deals that are still out there. I don't know. We'll see. And talk about a little bit of what we played. So uh, I guess that's about it. Let's get to it. Let's get into the news. Um, first off, I wanted to give week number two Ignasi update on Preda Porter. I got another message. And it said, all it said after not hearing from him since last week was, very, very soon, winky face. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he's counting on you backing it. <laughs> Joke's on him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Ignasi, do you need a reviewer <laughs> for that game? Yeah, no, you, uh, I think you'd probably go donate some plasma in order to, uh, figure out how to clear up some capital for this game, honestly. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to back this game for sure. Yeah. I don't understand it. I understand it's like a grill game for a lot of you people who just love Euros, but cool, man. Whatever. Yeah, I'll get it and play it, and I'll tell you how it is. Fair enough. All right, so the next piece of news is a reprint of an old Days of Wonder game. I don't know how old, but it's one of their earlier games, and it is called Cleopatra and the Society of Architects. And it's coming from Mojito Studios. Um, this looks like kind of a straight reprint. The box cover is a little different. Uh, there might be some different rules. I didn't dive into it too much because I'm just assuming it's a reprint. But it also is going to include a couple expansions. So those may be new. But you can get the base game only on Kickstarter at $69 plus shipping. And there's 22 days left. That seems like an awful lot for a game that just is a euro that you can use the box as part of the board. But eh, if you want it, then I guess you'll pay for it. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this one, and here's why. Every time I've heard someone talk about this game, they don't talk about how great the gameplay is. They talk about how cool it is that you use the box as a part of the board and how cool things look when you're done. And, I mean, if you like cool-looking games, maybe this one's for you. But I don't know. I, I think I'm going to pass on this one because I've never heard anybody say, man, the gameplay in this one's phenomenal, and then all this stuff is cool too. Like... I don't know. I, I I just I'm not sure if this one's gonna hold up after. I I mean I'm guessing it's at least ten years old now. So, um, I mean I've pretty well followed Days of Wonders like releases. I, that'd be a fun game for me to try and think about like their big releases for the last few years. Well, they had they had the River last year. Then it was Yamatai, I think. Yeah, and Five Tribes before that. Was there one between the two? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it was Five Tribes then Yamatai. Yeah, and then. Rails and Sales before that. That I was their think. big release. 
I not. think so. Well, maybe not. They might have had one original game come out. They had, and then Relic Runners came out around that time too. Maybe a little before uh, that. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like this one goes back before. I mean, I don't know. It's. I think it's definitely predating Ticket to Ride uh, Europe. I mean, I don't know. I, I would think. I don't know. I guess I'm not really great about the order of games came out with Days of Wonder a while ago, but I kind of keep an eye on their stuff because usually they have good family weight games. So. I don't know. This one's one that I've never really even like investigated much because I was like, I'm not going to pay 200 bucks for a, a game uh, that I haven't heard great things about. So I don't know. I'm guessing it's about 10 years old though. Right. Yeah. I, I know that I heard some people say that it's, it is like that Scarabia game. There's parts of the Cleopatra game that is, is that, and that game was super simple and awful. So if it's like that at all, I'm out for sure. Yeah. Fair. So the next piece of news is something that was discussed on our on our board, the Riveted. So if you're not on there, go check it out. Um, admission is easy. You just say, hey, I want to be a part of it, and we'll let you in. And this game is called Runica and the Six-Sided Spellbooks. This was mentioned by, I think, Picorni, because he put some cryptic post, and I didn't understand it. So I got to look at it on Kickstarter, and this game is on there. So what this game is, it's... Uh, a dice placement game kind of you're pulling them out of a bag and you're putting them on this board to like make these runes to score points but the interesting thing here is the board will rotate around and it could change the results of your placements based on how you rotate the board it looks really neat has tons of dice and the price point's not terrible i think it was 49 bucks so if you're looking for an interesting little dice game go check this out it has 20 days left and when i Put this on the outline. It hadn't funded yet. So if you want this game, go give us some funding. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I would say that this is truly a good use of Kickstarter. Uh, that's my takeaway from it, honestly. So I don't know. Uh, like It seems like a pretty, pretty genuine use of I'm trying to get my game going. So I think it's worth taking a look at. Yep, I agree. It's... It, it, it might not be a game that I'm interested in once I actually play it, but it does look neat and it seems kind of interesting. So thought I'd mention it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, that's all I got. Well, cool. I guess we're going to move on to what we played. So this weekend, I actually had a couple nights of gaming, which was pretty nice. I had a day of just two-player games, and then I had another day where... I had three and four players playing, so I'll talk about a few. So the first game I played, I played two players, and it is a game from Renegade called Passing Through Petra. This is one that I've been wanting to play for a while just because it looks cool. Like it has that cool little track where you're sliding people through it and you get to draft them out of there. But essentially what this game is, is you're trying to get these merchants in different colors And you're going to use them in the bottom of your player board as someone you're trading with. And you're going to move them to the top of your board to use them as the people who are doing the trading. And each color on top of your board is going to trade with another different color that's in the bottom of your board. You're going to take the top times the bottom. And that's how many spaces you get to move around these little rondelles. The point of the game is you're trying to get these influence cubes you have on your player board out onto the board before the other player. I think you have nine and whoever can get them out first is the winner it ends immediately kind of like istanbul so 
it looks like it's kind of a medium heavyweight game, but it really plays like a family light game. It's still fun. I still enjoyed it, but I was expecting it to be a little heavier. But I would definitely play it again, and that is Passing Through Petra. Yeah, I uh, I think my bias against this game is the cover of it. Looks like one of the VHS tapes you'd check out of the, the church library when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look great. I don't know. Um, but this is like, what, Renegade Games or something? Yeah, it's Renegade. It's the guy that did... Um, World's Fair, um, Dashu, I think he did, um, yeah, he did a couple other games. J. Alex Kevin. Hmm. I didn't care for World's Fair that much. It's perfectly fine for what it is. And it sounds like this one's about the same weight as World's Fair, honestly. So uh, maybe a touch heavier. Yeah, it's a little heavier, but not much. Yeah. Uh, cool. I guess I can scratch that off my to playlist, uh, kind of based on your reaction. And our, our tasting games is similar enough that I think, I don't know, this is one you'd probably play again, but you're not going to hunt down a copy probably. Yeah, I would play it again. I think it might even be more fun with more than two people just because the interactions might be a little more interesting. There'll be more people taking the, pe- the tiles out of the little track. So maybe move those around to help you get colors you need. But yeah, I, I would play it again, but it's not something I'm going to seek out. Well, Jason, I played uh, a few games this weekend, but there's two I want to talk about. Uh, the first one, should I go with the one that was better than I remembered or the one that was worse than I remembered? First? Worse. Worse. Y- yeah, let's end on a high note. So uh, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, it's a, f- it's a game that I thought was fine. Like I didn't love it, and I had it on my for trade list, and I was like, ah, it's okay. Well... Another guy that came over, he kickstarted it. It was his first everything he kickstarted. And so obviously he's got some seriously rose-colored glasses when he's looking at this game. And so he was like, "Let's get it out. Let's play it. I have a lot of fun with it." And I was like, "Maybe I missed something with it. Like the last time I played it. Maybe I don't know, maybe I I didn't figure something out with this game that's cool or whatever." And I basically remembered it as being apples to apples with like kind of a secret game master type thing going on. And uh, that's basically how it played. Um, cool. Let's see if we can figure out your hints. And if you're not very good at this game, it's going to be really hard for us. And um, if the thing's lined up right to where you have the right words, it's going to be really easy. So I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not huge into word games like this. Like subjective, try and figure out what's in my head going on kind of things. Um that's funny I said that because the next game I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about how much I love it and it's the exact same thing but I mean like it just does it differently I don't know um, I just I didn't care for it like I don't know I just I don't like it I think even the graphic design on it's bad it's like hey we're going to have you put these these totally opaque bullets on top of these words that everyone's going to try and see and like even if you set them off to the side some people around the table can't see the words and the words are pretty small so it's just like hard to play and just I don't like it and I know it's not popular that I don't like this game but I don't, and I don't like it to the point where I said, hey, who liked this game? And like one of the guys that's kind of new to board gaming, um, and he's like working on like, you know, like uh, starting a new kind of business thing up. He's probably not buying a lot of games right now. Said, I thought it was pretty cool. I go, well, you know what? Take it home. So I just gave it to him. Like I just got rid of it. It was the shelf space wasn't even worth it for me for how little I like this game anymore. So uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, I'm giving it like a, like a four, maybe even a two. Like you'd really have to convince me to play this one again. Like if you loved it and it was your birthday, I'd probably play it. But other than that, mm, not sure. Yeah, I like this game. It, it's one of the few party games that it's more about the interactions with the people than it is about the game. And I think that at 
higher player counts, it's better because you have more of the roles in there. And also with the expansion, it's better because there are different types of roles that you can use. And yeah, I, I enjoy it, but I, I can see your criticisms and I think they're fair that there's really not a ton of game, but the P and, and the pieces that are there just aren't that great to look at. I'll give you that as well. Like Mysterium looks a thousand times better. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like my other thing too, is like, I kind of don't see the player interaction part. Like it's like this guy put some bullets on this table and now I'm going to look at it and like, we're playing against each other really. So I'm not going to try and like talk too much about what I think is going on, you know, and then turn my badge in and try and see if I solve the case, you know? And I mean like, I don't know, there's some other little roles in there that kind of make things a little better, but like the witness and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just uh, definitely the dry investigator and forensic specialist and murderer only game is terrible. Like that's just, Oh yeah, that is awful. Yeah. Don't play that. Yeah. I mean, that's just, and that's the way this guy wanted to play it. He's like, thought it was the best game ever that way. So woof. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely needs more roles. That makes it more interesting because then you have people who are like playing both sides trying to say, oh, yeah, it's this, but they know what it is. Yeah, it, it, it's more interesting with more people. Yeah, I, but even then, like, if I'm going to play that kind of game, I would way rather play... Secret Hiller, yeah. yeah. I probably got six games I'd rather play than it, honestly. Right, yeah, so, I'm, with you. I'm with you, I agree. I don't know, and like, I'm not going to say, like, if you like that game, I think you're stupid, and, like, I would never want to play games with you. I, I get why people like it, too, but, like, it's not for me. That's cool. Uh, all right, so the next game I played is an expansion to a game so i played the base game and the expansion and this expansion is for dice forge dice forge rebellion and i played the goddess module with some of the extra cards i thought you were gonna say that was the character you played i was like of course you did jason oh no no i was it's the same characters as the base game just there's a goddess module a titans module and then like 180 cards or something that you can rotate in and out and we used all the cards that were just marked with the goddess um icon on the back just so we could see some new cards so we got to use this extra die uh the goddess module adds this extra track that you're moving along with your little uh, golem and you're trying to get these one one one-time bonuses and i mean my only complaint with the expansion is the game went from a 25 to 30 minute game to about 50 minutes like it almost doubled the time of the game adding this expansion in which is crazy because the one thing i liked about dice forge is it goes really fast yeah i still enjoyed it i thought it was fun it made it a little more complicated which i enjoy but i don't like how it also had to add some time onto it but that was a dice forge expansion and i'll try to play the titans module here sometime and maybe i can talk about that like i okay so the thing i love about dice forge is how the game is constantly changing and it's so fast paced how it's changing. Right. Like you're buying new faces all the time. You're putting, you know, uh, new, new little, uh, cards in front of you that kind of might give you a power. You're, you're trying to acquire stuff to buy cards that get you points. It's just really fast paced. And it's, it's like you said, over in, I mean like with four players, maybe 40 minutes. Um, so making it much longer than that, I could see would be kind of a bummer and bog it down a little. But at the same time, I like the mechanism and how the dice change and all that, the dice rolling, how you're doing something on everyone's turn. I like all that. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not sure how I'd feel about this one. Yeah. I'll definitely play your copy and see what I feel. It, it's good. I liked it. And it has this die called the Celestial Die. On one of the sides, it can give you 12 gold. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So there are some of the 
spaces on the goddess track to let you roll that die. There are some of the cards to let you roll that die. There are additional die faces too that are in the expansion that you can get with some of the cards. It's it's fun. It just I didn't like how it added more time to it. And outside of that, I I enjoyed it. See, and then I haven't. I've played this game ten times, and I've never played with any of the cards except for the, um, the basic cards that you play in the beginner game setup. You Me know? too, every single time except for this time. Like I've never played with the extra little things on the bottom there that you can play with. Like I've never been interested in it. Like I think everything just works so well. So I don't know. Uh, interesting. I may play around with the base game a little before I even play this yet too. So cool. Yep. Uh, my second game, Jason, was. Decrypto. Uh, this game, I mean, honestly, it's the same kind of things that I just complained about, where it's like you're giving hints and trying to get people to understand things. But, like, I don't know. It's kind of fun that you have your te- a team with secret information on it. And, like, you feel very clever, like, to give clues that people get sometimes. And the other team is just scratching their head. Um, this game was intense that we played this time. Like, we filled the whole sheet up, like, all eight rounds of playing on it. And it went to the eighth round before it got solved this time. Um, and I think if it would have been earlier in the night, we would have torn off another sheet of the pad and played again. It's just a really fun game. Um, I just like it, and I don't know why. Like, it's not typically my kind of game at all, um, but I do kind of like it. And so in this game, I don't know if you guys know much about it, but it's got those little like red film things that you slide cards behind it, and then there's like a word that appears that you can see on one side of a screen, like a game master screen kind of thing almost that your teammates and you can see. And there's number one, two, three, four. You flip these little discs over and then there's a three digit code. And so you're giving like synonyms or little like codes that like kind of are hints that relate to one of the words on there. And then your own team's trying to crack a code, but then the other team's trying to figure out like the code by knowing how those words, they hear the clues are public, and then they hear what the code is, it's public. And they try and document all their data and evidence and try and crack the codes themselves. If you, bo- if you bobble two codes and you can't get them right, then you lose. If you intercept two codes, you win. So uh, real simple game. Um, but man, I just really liked it. I liked it more than I remembered even. And it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I think it plays really great at between six and eight. It wouldn't be very fun at four. Um, and, and I don't know. I feel like a super big hypocrite because it's like not a similar game to Deception, but like my criticisms of Deception are present in this game as well. But just, I don't know. It plays it in a fast package, fast paced, fun package. So anyway, Decrypto. Yeah, this is one I need to try sometime because I think it would go over well with my guys that I play games with at church. So eventually I'll check it out. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, can get a little slow. Like that's why it has a timer in there that you can flip pretty much any time to say, Hey man, pick up the pace, but i um, pretty casual, pretty fun. Cool. Yeah. I guess that's what we played. So Jason, I think the other thing that you and I have in common, aside from, uh, our love of board games is our love of saving money when we purchase board games. Uh, I think you and I are both suckers for a good deal, and we like to try and make our dollars go a little further. It's almost a game within the game. It's the meta game is how can you acquire <laughs> games cheaply? Um, yep. And I mean, I, I, that feels bad to the friendly local game shop who has to sell stuff at like at best 20% off of MSRP um, that I do that, but he gets it. I mean, like there's times where I'll be like, yeah, I picked that up as a deal of the day. He goes, me too. Like he can't get things at the price at the local shop is what they sell online sometimes for. So anyway, these are our, I guess, greatest hits of things that we've bought that have been like awesome to have in our collection and we're happy to have them and uh, they aren't going anywhere and they were cheap. So 
Uh, I guess my first one, and this could be a trade or it could be a, a trade that we felt that was inv- advantageous to us or a game that we bought on like closeout or, or a game that we got really cheaply that we thought, hey, that felt pretty good. Um, I, uh, I, I'm going to start off with a queen game because I think queen games on Amazon sometimes are just insane deals. And I got a copy of Fresco for 11 bucks. Um, that felt pretty good. Um, and it was because the box was just slightly damaged, but Fresco for 11 bucks, I'll take all day. And this game is yep. pretty awesome. A good family weight game. It kind of does like worker placement in a family weight package really well. Um, it's a good like next steps kind of game. Like you get someone to play Ticket to Ride and some of those like almost party games that are strategic. And then you're like, hey, we're going to learn about this new thing of, you know, kind of set collection, kind of, uh, kind of like worker placement. Uh, like making recipes kind of thing and uh, secret secret kind of placement of your stuff behind the screen. So it, it adds quite a few little things. But picking this one up for 11 bucks, I felt really good about and enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. I paid a lot more than that, but hey, I like this game a lot. Yeah. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is a trade that I recently did. And I got a review copy of Call to Adventure, which was the new hotness for some reason. And I traded it for Kraftwagen and Burano. So I think that was a pretty killer deal on my end. So I, whenever I can get more than one game for one game, I feel like I, it's a win for me. So I wanted to mention that one because Kraftwagen is awesome. Burano is a medium heavy Euro and Call to Adventure is a simple little card game made by the dudes that do Boss Monster. So I think I was pretty happy with that. So I wanted to put it on this list. Yeah, I think you did well on that one. Uh, Craftwagon, I don't understand why it's so cheap. And this is one that you could actively go find for cheap. Um, this is in the Great Designer series. And I think it's basically like got a lot of the Glenn Moore mechanisms in it. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, what, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Kramer? Is that his Ma- name? Matthias Kramer. Oh, Matthias Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolf, Maybe. Wolf, it is. I don't it know. is. Yeah. It is. 100% that's him. I don't know why I came up with Wolfgang, but. I think that's what his friends call him. And since we've that, been friends for a long time, like I just call him Wolfgang too. That's Kramer and Keeling. That's Wolfgang Kramer. Is it? Yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, so it's the other Kramer. Um, the different one. The one, that, the one that's the one that's the one that's brave enough to design a game on his own. Um, yeah. I think Wolfgang Kramer has a couple games on his own too. If I remember right, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, anyway, uh, cool game. And it's got that kind of cool, like move the discs from the back to the front or whatever kind of mechanism that is kind of neat. I think it's like the caterpillar, like you're running on a caterpillar, like a, it's like you're running on treads of a bulldozer or something. I don't know. Like, yep. it's kind of hard to explain, but if you play it, you'd be like, oh yeah, running on the treads of a bulldozer. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, well, moving on to my happy, happy bargain that I got at one point. Um, man, this game should, this episode should just be called like times we feel like we rip people off. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. I had Starfarers of Catan and that was one in itself that I got really a great deal on. Like a neighbor friend of mine, kind of guy that I, I had like known a little bit, knew I was way into board games and he said, Hey, I bought this at a garage sale and I bought it for 20 bucks and all I want is 20 bucks back out of it. And I was like, done, I'll, I'll take it. And I knew it was kind of rare, but this is the one that had the like upgraded better rings on it. And so this is a really good addition to this game. Um, like the ships in this would fall apart and break in some of the early printings. And this is a later printing that had like the better 
ships in it. So um, I put it up for trade, and I put down that I wanted a couple splatter games, and I got a couple splatter games for it. So I basically buy like playing that little trade a paper clip for a ketchup packet to trade a ketchup packet for a bicycle to trade a bicycle for you know that game that you play when you're a kid yeah the like the kind of like uh i don't know that fun little game you play though uh i basically did that game in order to get food chain magnate in indonesia so <laughs> that felt like a pretty good deal for 20 bucks kind of indirectly to get 300 bucks with the splatter games yeah that is a steal man that's probably that should have been your number one that's amazing I'm not sure what my number one's going to be yet, so we'll find out here <laughs> when I start talking. All right, so the next one I am going to talk about is actually one that I got from you, and that is Concordia. Uh, your mom Thanks, got, Mom. Your mom got that one for you, and then you gave it to me because you already had it. So, yeah. I mean, a free version of Concordia seems like a steal, so I felt like it needed to make this list. You cannot beat that. That is for sure. No, and dude, I love Concordia. I actually played that this weekend too, and every time I play it, it gets better and better and better. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's super good. It's definitely going to be my top ten, and I don't see it going anywhere for a real long time. Oh yeah, I'm with you. Like this is hands down top ten, maybe higher. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jason, I don't, I don't, man. What's my number one going to be? All right, let's go with this one. Uh, I traded my copy of Battlestar Galactica, uh, which I don't like at all. So this is someone else's best deal he ever got too. But like, uh, I traded my copy of Battlestar Galactica for like four games that I've really been dying to get, and that felt pretty good too. Um, so I got Battlestar Galactica off like a bargain table. It was like a former demo game kind of thing, and I think I bought it for like maybe fifteen bucks. Um, I heard that the Battlestar Galactica license was gonna like run out with 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 FFG. And uh, so I kind of hung on to it, and then I saw that it was kind of raising up in the secondary markets, and I got four games that I really wanted for it. And I got First Class, which I really love. That's a great game. Uh, I got Rising Nobility, and I got The Village, which Village now is kind of sometimes hard to find. And I got a copy of uh, Dominaire. So uh, four pretty cool games for a game that I got for 10 bucks. Again, like a pretty good haggling, wheeling and dealing kind of situation there. So, um, yeah, that's going to be my number one, I guess. Um, yeah. So that felt pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm, man, I'm pretty sure that there's other ones out there and I'll think about it for a second while you talk and maybe I'll give you a couple other ones. All right. Um, the next one I want to talk about is just in sheer size of the stuff that I got versus what I sent. And I traded Palm Island, which is, you know, a deck of cards, for Snowdonia and like six expansions to Snowdonia. So I just feel like my shipping was like four bucks and I got all this stuff from this dude for Snowdonia, which is a pretty cool little worker placement game. So yeah, I think that's a pretty sick deal. And Snowdonia is a killer game. So I'm kind of glad that I got that on my favor in that trade. Nah, if you're going to take both those games into a swimming pool, I think we did okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Although I don't think mine were actually the waterproof cards. Ooh. Okay. Well, then forget it. Man, you really did well. Yeah, just regular cards. Man, he's he probably opened that box and like shook his fist at the sky and yelled, "Mechanics!" <laughs> like because he knew he was had. He knew he forgot to ask, and he was just mad at himself. He was mad at you. He had all kinds of plans to play the world's first game of Palm Island. 180 feet under the surface of the ocean. 
I mean, you can still do that, I guess, as long as you're in a sub or something, you'll be fine. Or play a really fast game of it, like because those babies are gonna start floating and degrading real quick. Yeah, yeah, like speed Palm Island. So I guess if you made it this far, I'm gonna give you a little treat. Um, if you if you follow, uh, there's a forum on Board Game Geek called Hot Deals, and um, if you subscribe to it, you're gonna like. I haven't been to Board Game Geek in like three four days, and. I have 60 notifications from this board. So there's just a lot of deals out there. Some of them are amazing. Some of them are eh, okay. Um, so I mean like Noria for 30 bucks. That one's popped up right now. That's not too bad. Um, but like I just got like the stupid 10 board games rule. Um, War, Love, War of Love. Is that what it's called? Or whatever it's called. The, the game, the Walmart exclusive game. Fog of Love. The, Fog of Love. Yeah, man. Speaking of fog, I think I've, we're doing this on Wednesday. We're recording a day later. I think I'm out of brain juice by this day of the week. So. Yeah, I'm with you. So uh, at any rate, like that was up for like nine bucks like a few weeks ago. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, none's in the run for 17 bucks. That's not a bad one. That's actually a really good one. That's super tempting to me. Like that game's really fun if you're playing as the nuns and not the head head person, which is kind of backwards. Usually it's fun to be the person who's sneaking around, but in this one, everyone's sneaking around except for the like the headmistress or whatever. So right. uh, cool one. Anyway, uh, my best purchases ever from there, though, and then the other one is uh, Reddit forward slash R forward slash board game deals. Like my best ever just grabs on that were, I think, back like at, uh, we talked about this a little last week, I think. On Tabletop Day, like uh, the Monday before it, they which is coming up, I think it's probably like a couple weeks out, uh, Amazon does a really good sale and I got a copy of terraforming Marsh for like 21 bucks there one time. I got dogs of war for like 17 bucks off of a lead there. Um, man, there's just a lot of things I've gotten off there that are like 70% off roughly of MSRP. And I think that if you're around the hobby much, you'll figure out that everything's going to be MSRP for the first four or five months when it has all that cool, cool kid era, like aura about it, where you can, you know, post your picture of your box and nothing more and you get 15 likes on the boards and stuff. Um, when, when the games are still in that level, then there's still going to be MSRP, but then you can wait like another two weeks after that and find them on the geek market for like 20 bucks or they start just going on clearance everywhere. So, um, I don't know, I guess deals like this that we've been talking about can definitely be had. Yeah, I didn't know about any the Reddit one, so I'm looking at that right now, actually. Oh, boy. So long, Jason's wallet. Yeah, I mean, it's already gone. So They they have some really good stuff on there sometimes that they don't find on the other board. Um, but a lot of it's just like automated from that board on BoardGameGeek. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, anyway, and then if you don't know about doing trades on BoardGameGeek, get an account there. And put your library in, put games that you want, and you'll start having offers come to you. I find, I think every offer that I've got, I've received that's like that kind of awesome deal was sent to me. Because I think there's kind of an unspoken rule, and I, I want to get this out the word out there to some of the bozos who send me trades, that if you're offering someone a trade, you should offer them a little more in value than you're getting back. Like I think that's kind of how it should work, to be polite. Um, or at least send them a message saying, Hey, I'm interested in this game. Are you interested in anything on my list? And just go from there, you know? But like sometimes when people send me, like, I will give you my copy of Dutch Blitz, new and shrink for your copy of whatever game that I don't really want to get rid of, you know? Um, so I don't know. There's just kind of a, 
a plus side and a bad side of the trades. Just know what you're doing, I guess, over there. Yeah, I don't usually do that. I I usually try to get. I usually make those trades that you just said. Real rude, boy. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want it, then just say no. But okay. I am I am seeing on the Reddit thread that Porta Negra is nine dollars. Wow. Yeah, on cool stuff. Nine dollars. That's, that's one of the great designer series, I think. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, uh, I'm sure I'll be sold out by the time you guys hear this. So sorry about your luck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It says there's still twenty. Um. The uh. Well, then. Yeah, man. Maybe we should just buy like. Maybe we should buy like twelve copies of that to get free shipping, and then like. Give them away or something. I don't know. No, we can't do that yet. We're we're just pretty okay. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that w- that fits our brand. No, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> uh, well, oh, that's funny. Anyway, I guess this is a pretty dry episode, but that's okay. Sometimes you gotta have a dry one to make up for the just absurd one that you had the week before. Yeah, I agree. Well, anyway, I don't have much more to say. And Jason, it sounds like you're kind of getting sick. Yeah, I'm just trying not to cough all over the place any more than I already have. <laughs> and depending on how like awesome I was with the editing, you may or may not have heard that. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, anyway, uh, good news is I'm on summer break in a couple of weeks, so the boys of summer, the zany of the zaniest, will be back. Hang in there, kids. But for now, keep gaming. Yeah, keep gaming. <laughs>